Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome to the Steve Reeve Podcast with the best moments from the past week and a few things that didn't make it there. Powered by Coldwell Banker Ford McMurray. We love YMM. Wednesday. Happy to be hanging out, kind of catching up on things uh, that I missed. Wasn't completely, you know, checked out of seeing anything that was going on in the world. By far, uh, there was too much to even, you know, pay attention to going on. And I did catch some stuff, but I didn't get the details about Elon Musk and this whole Twitter deal until just this morning. Um, you know, kind of seeing it's it's on, it's off. He was going to just buy a little bit of a share to have some say and join the board, but then they were going to sue him because he would have had to have followed their rules and bylaws, but he didn't want to, something like that. And then he goes, no, you know what, I'm not going to do that anymore. Waits a few days. I'm just going to buy the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, $44 billion deal. Um, that is a lot of money. That is a lot of money. And yes, I think maybe just an ounce, not a ton, but an ounce of whataboutism might be valuable here because it's like there's a lot, a lot that that money could go towards to, uh, to I don't know, do some, some more good than just putting your own personal stamp on a public social media platform that both loves and hates you and that's not going to change by the way it's going to continue to both love and hate you because it's full of different people with different opinions and i don't think that it's probably the best plan of action to force every single twitter user to eventually invest in buying a tesla or something like that right We'll see. We'll see if that even happens. But $44 billion just to buy Twitter. It seems as if it's on a whim. This is the guy that brought you Dogecoin, by the way. Don't know if it's the most sound plan, but whatever. Good for him. Just proves the rule that some men will spend $44 billion instead of just going to therapy. Joining me on the phone line right now, a member of the IUOE Local 955, Northern District Business Representative, Patty Dunphy. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I know that tomorrow is a very important day. The National Day of Mourning is tomorrow. And I would like to know, of course, more about you. What's your role with the IUOE Local 955? And what is the National Day of Mourning about? So me, uh, as well. said, uh, my name is Patty Dunphy. I am the Vice President and Business Representative for... Uh, IUOE Local 955, and uh, yeah, the day of mourning is a very important uh, day for us, near and dear to our hearts, as we uh, remember those that have been injured or have fallen in the workplace. And that's something that uh, far too many of us, unfortunately, can have a connection to. I mean, whether it is a direct connection to us or, or somebody in our family or, or, or close, you know, knit friends group, or even just somebody who is on the workforce, and, and it can, you know, it have impact in that way. Um, how does being a part of the union help to keep workers safe? Well, you know, we are uh, an organization that we strive for safety. Uh, we preach it. We practice it. Uh, you know, our motto is if, if you can't do a job safely, don't do it at all. It's something absolutely to live by for sure. Where can people find out more information if they feel like maybe where they're working or something that they're working on is unsafe or how people can take control of the situation and make sure that they and their coworkers are staying safe? Yeah, for, uh, you know, uh Everyone has practices, procedures in place uh, as well. As you know, you have the right to refuse an unsafe act. If you feel you're in imminent danger or, or in any way going to harm or, or injure yourself, you know, just, just stop, step back, call a supervisor, call a coworker, call your safety. Uh, everyone's there to help. 
And and that's just it. You mentioned there are more than likely and should be structures and supports within the organization, within wherever you work, that you can call upon, of course, and uh, and and absolutely utilize those. Don't be quiet in the corner thinking something's unsafe, but you don't want to be unpopular. That's that's not a way to make sure that everybody gets home at the end of their shift, right? That's correct. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Patty. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time. We will keep spreading the message. Uh, tomorrow, April 28th, is the National Day of Mourning, and we will we will absolutely take a moment to remember those who have been injured or those who are no longer with us. Thank you. You're listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast, Podcast. from 100.5 Cruise FM. House urinals. Yay or nay? Yes, it should be a thing. Shouldn't be a thing. According to a poll... Of some kind on the internet, about 14, only 14% of men actually want one in their house. And a whopping 91% of women really don't want one. (laughs) So, I mean, doesn't seem like it's in the cards for those who do want one to be a regular thing. Don't think it's going to become normalized, as the kids say. But, uh, you know, I wonder why. Not really. I can see it, especially in homes where maybe she's the one who's always cleaning the toilet anyways. So, you know, there's no way that she's going to want to clean something she's not even using on top of that. But you could just do what bars do, right? I mean, you could just dump a pile of ice into the bottom so it rinses it as it melts. It's a great idea until the dog walks into the living room crunching some ice and it hits you where they got it from. We are the champions and we will rock you. I mean, together. Uh, Forever fused. Um, But not the most expensive song or songs uh, to license for movie and TVs. Uh, the, the different shows uh, we have found out on the internet thanks to I mean not really great research because it's not a definitive answer and we really get our details from the movie Thunder uh, Varsity Blues from 1999 the uh, song is Thunderstruck ACDC I think they struck gold with that song because they're making tons of money anytime that shows up in movies it was in Deadpool 2 it was in Thor Ragnarok I mean it's been in uh, Daddy's Home 1 and 2 Iron Man 2 it has a feature in there the Longest Yard remake with Adam Sandler I mean it's been in a ton of different movies but specifically for Varsity Blues it cost the creators of that film half a million 1999 dollars US dollars to license that song for the sync rights, which usually come between like 15000 to 60000 depending on the movie, the, the usage, and the song's popularity itself, right? That is a whole lot more, and we're talking over 20 years ago it made that much money. The theory goes it's costing even more these days, and it still keeps showing up, so... I don't know, ACDC doing pretty well for themselves, and it's certainly not the only song of theirs that has made some bank being licensed for movies and TV shows. Uh, What other songs do you think cost a ton of money to use? Because there are ones that are in almost every movie, it seems, so you would think maybe that means they're a little less expensive. Answer's probably the exact opposite. Thursday. Tropicana. I mean, there's a very quick association with that brand name, and that is Orange Flavor. Intense orange flavor. I mean, they do all kinds of juices, of course, but orange comes to mind. And Tropicana has altered the natural fabric of reality and developed the first cereal made for orange juice, not milk. Okay, maybe I exaggerate a little bit. Uh, But they have put this limited edition cereal out. Uh, National Orange Juice Day is coming May 4th. Can't forget just as important as Mother's Day or something. Um, had no idea, of course, it was coming, but that is what they are locking into, saying they are going to be making this available for a very short time in conjunction with National Orange Juice Day. And again, probably something that will skip us by 
for the most part here in Canada. No word officially on exactly what cereal territories this is going to be allowed to come out in. I'm curious for sure. It's Honey Almond Crunch Cereal made for OJ, not made for milk. I assume you still can use milk should you choose. Not a great idea if you've already brushed your teeth, but then again, I like to do mine after the cereal is eaten anyway. Get all the bits out. However, it's not a new idea, Tropicana. I'm sorry, but the fact of the matter is, is that I invented this in 1993 when I was but a lad. Myself and, like, every other kid who experimented with the OJ and the cereal at one point. It is almost, not quite, but almost Mother's Day. You know, less than two weeks to go here. And uh, there is a shocking amount of confusion about what to get for mom or the mother of your kids. Um, There's a great many of instances where people will get something that's just not the smartest choice. Bottom line, rule of thumb, something that you can keep in that back pocket if you ever have any questions is, what should you get mom? What gifts do moms actually love getting? And the answer is, Nothing to help with housework or child raising that isn't expressly requested. Right? That's, I mean, a little wordy there, but that's the rule. If it is previously identified, fair game. And if that is previously identified and still ends up being a bit of a gift trap, then, hey, that's not on you. That's not on you. Honest mistake. You were a little bit manipulated. But no. Uh, Bottom line is, uh, nothing to do with the housework or the child raising that isn't expressly requested. How about heated slippers I'm seeing online? Or, uh, I know, moms are a bit weird, but I think they get a little bit of a pass on this one. A first tooth and curl ceramic keepsake box. Keep those parts of your body that are no longer supposed to be a part of your body forever. Forevermore. (laughs) What else can we see here? I mean, um, books is a good idea if she's into reading. Blankets is always a good idea if she's into cozying. Double that up if she's into both. I mean, come on. Now we're talking here. Um, there's also a, uh, bath caddy tray, probably pair that with like an actual breakfast or a meal in said bath. But I mean, you know, given the opportunity, right? Giving the opportunity to do some relaxation, maybe a little jewelry, maybe a little, uh, you know, appliance or something that's fun for the kitchen expressly something that's fun. Something that's like, I don't know, like a, uh, it sounds so lame, a juicer or something like that. You know, something that's got some novelty factor to it, even if it only gets used like three times and then lives in the back of the cupboard. These are the things that moms might just love. Don't get them a vacuum. Hey Alexa, play the Steve Reeve podcast. I want to get into a brand new thing. Brand new thing that I'm calling Pin the Tail. So-called because I'm going to tell you a tale from the internet, and then you're going to pin the jackass pin on whoever deserves it of the situation, right? This is actually this one direct from Reddit, the subreddit, Am I the A-Hole? And uh, specifically one about teachers. So you let me know who here in this situation is the... Yeah, you know, you get the idea. So uh, there's a man, a father specifically, of a young child, six years old, name not important, and there's a birthday coming up child's going to be turning seven. Exciting. And they're going to invite some people from the class and some people from other classes and just friends that the kids know. Uh, the, the, the kid has specific friends, and I'm sure you can remember back into high school or even younger, as this is the case, into grade school. Sometimes you clash with kids, other kids, you know, and you don't really want all of them around while you're having a big old celebration. However, dad sends a few, just a handful of invitations to school with the kid that are then supposed to go to the other parents. 
The teacher gets involved by giving them a call and saying, hey, no, no, there's actually 24 kids in the class, and you have to invite them all. That's the rule in my class. You have to invite every single one of them. Do the math. He's thinking 24 kids plus parents could be like up to 72 people that I'm supposed to host. That's going to cost some money. That's going to cost some time. That's a lot of people to be keeping track of when you're trying to just celebrate and be present with your kid during their seventh birthday, right? It got a little escalated, and admittedly, Dad tells teacher to bleep off. Go bleep herself when she tried to enact the rule outside of the classroom. Um, I think I've got a pretty strong opinion on this case, but tell me. It's time to pin the tail. Who deserves the jackass pin more? Teacher? Dad? Maybe both. That's an option as well. You let me know. Call or text it. Time to pin the tail. Uh, so just real quick recap, because this is brand new. We're just trying this for the first time today. I tell you a tale from the internet. You pin the jackass pin on whoever is deserving, most deserving within said story. Right? And uh, we got a couple responses so far, so we're about to find out exactly who is the... Yeah, yeah, you get the idea. Um, so... We have Kelly getting in touch to let us know, hey, you know what, the teacher's rule is unrealistic. That would be the rule that if one person gets invited to a birthday party, every child needs to get invited to the birthday party, even when it's private and not really technically part of the school. And there's gray area, there's crossover here, but Kelly also adds, dad's power tripping and his response is uncalled for, which even the dad in the story admits, he's like, maybe I took it a little step too far going, go bleep yourself if you're trying to enforce this rule on my time. And the solution that Kelly sees is pass these invites outside of school time then. Her class, her rules, be worried that the kid would suffer the consequences of stupidity for the rest of the school year. Valid point, though, would really, really pin the jackass pin on the teacher in that case, in my opinion. Patrick getting in touch saying, yeah, yeah, you know what, that is overstepping her boundaries. I get her reasoning, but not all the kids in the class are friends with the sun. Plus, it's a lot of people to invite and feed. P.S. I 100% agree with the go bleep yourself parts. Patrick, laying it down. What do you think? Time to pin the tail. We've got some new music, new old music coming from Bob Dylan, re-recording some classic songs in a high-fidelity uh, recording that will be put onto a new medium, so-called new medium. Uh, there's a producer named T-Bone Burnett who has revealed the medium of iconic originals, which are not only music, but a painting. Apparently, a painting gets literally lacquered onto an aluminum disc, and then a spiral is etched into it by music. The painting has the additional quality of containing the music, which can be heard by putting a stylus into the spiral and spinning it. Um, really sounds like they're reinventing the wheel as in the vinyl record here. <laughs> yeah, it might be a more durable version, maybe a slightly higher quality of audio put into this version of a vinyl record pressing. It's really the same thing. Also, they're saying every single one of them is unique. If I hear the word, or at least the acronym NFT, in association with this whatsoever, I'm out. Um, and now Michael Stipe has been speaking about a 1991 hit. Broken Record Podcast, talking to Rick Rubin, who is a producer on the song, Losing My Religion. He speaks about the original lyric being, that's me in the corner, that's me in the kitchen, really talking about being a wallflower and not being the center of attention, being on the sidelines at any given party. Uh, you know, not being right in the center of things, but really being off somewhere in the corner in the kitchen. But it was changed to Spotlight by production. The uh, entire band went with it, and instantly, Michael Stipe says, it became about me, which it never was. Of course, that song was a huge song to put Michael Stipe and the entire band into the spotlight because in 1991, when it came out, it was number four on the Billboard Hot 100 chart and spent 21 weeks on that chart in total. 
Friday. Matea Roach Watch continues. All right, okay, we're we're digging a little bit too deep on this one, but still, huge congratulations. Huge admiration goes out to 23-year-old. Let me stress that. 23-year-old, originally from Nova Scotia, now a tutor in the Toronto area, the GTA. Uh, she's won 18 games now on Jeopardy in a row. Uh, previously, just yesterday, we were talking about the 17 mark, which actually solidified her place as the longest streaked Canadian contestant with 17. Now she's hit 18, getting a total uh, winning, uh, a windfall winning of $438,183 US. Holy cow. Okay, so almost half a million dollars. Let's just simplify it that way. Um, she just absolutely seems to nail all the questions. She could be uh, winning that 19th game in a row, which will lock her in with a couple of other long-streaked contestants, though not from Canada. And then 20 is going to make her, you know, emerge even further into the, the history of the program. Um, and unfortunately, sadly enough, she says, yes, I'm going to get a house. I'm going to buy myself a house. That's only possible because I want a game show, though. Don't expect to buy a house in your 20s, anybody who's my age. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, she does know a thing or two, it seems. Ha, huh. still, huge congratulations. Got some news about a late night talk show, late night entertainment. Uh, James Corden, host of the Late Late Show. No longer. Okay, okay. That's the headline, and that's like the Im implied uh, the information. Really, he's extended his contract for one more year, and then is going to head out uh, in the summer of 2023. So, I mean, still a full year of uh, carpool karaoke's. I guess we'll see. Um, uh, still a full year of weird flash mobs that stop LA traffic and make people just just mad on their commute just angry um and other things like that honestly he has done some very hilarious things um there's been some really classic bits that they've done and great interviews on the show um not everyone's favorite but then again i mean that's why there's a million of these white guys hosting these late night talk shows so that you can find a favorite i just kind of hope that they go a little bit of a different direction should they be re-hosting the late late show or maybe It'll just kind of go away. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, got like another year to go there. James Corden did say, he said, I, I was expecting to only host this for five years and then leave. But then I stayed on and been thinking about it for a long time, thinking about whether there might be one more adventure. Uh, sounds pretty special. Special kind of job. However, I flagged the five-year moment, and I was like, wait, hasn't it just been five years? No, no. Uh, as of his departure next year, he will have been the host for almost nine years. And I don't know why that number makes no sense to me. I feel like he just got the job. And I realized the last two years don't make any sense and don't count. But still, almost nine years on the job. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good run. Uh, where have you been stuck before? Totally, totally stuck. I want to hear the tale. Um, if you've ever felt like you've been having a crappy day, the truth is that you just haven't, at least not compared to this woman in Washington, not from, uh, passing through, specifically on her way to California, though that has no bearing on what happened to her. Poor woman ended up in the bottom of an outhouse. Yeah, uh, there was a story posted on to social media by the Brennan Fire Department of Washington saying that crews had to respond to a vault toilet at the uh, near the top, near the summit of Mount Walker, where a woman had uh, dropped her phone into the tank of the toilet, proceeded to uh, dismantle the toilet seat, then the toilet base, and then try and use a dog's leash to try and retrieve the phone. That wasn't working so well, so then she just thought, maybe I'll use the leash to be my support, and I'll slide down and grab the phone, and oh boy, did she ever slide down. 
right into the thick of it, the real thick of it. Uh, the authorities saying it's a good thing that she didn't succumb to toxic gases or injure herself. She was totally fine. Uh, they got her out after handing her, I guess, pieces of wood to make a platform within the muck so that they could even reach her. Pulled her out, hosed her down, gave her a change of clothes, I guess. You would need it. You would absolutely need it. And uh, encouraged her, strongly encouraged her to go and seek some medical uh, help after coming into contact with literal human waste. Uh-huh. She said, uh, thanks. Thanks for everything. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to leave. And I cannot really blame her in the least for that, uh, that, uh, that, that, that feeling, that want to just exit the situation. You've had the help. You're safe now. It's time to leave. And she found her phone because that's how she called 911. Ugh, also a horrible thing to picture, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Thankfully, completely uninjured. Her pride eh, notwithstanding. You're listening to the Steve Reeve Podcast Podcast. from 100.5 Cruise FM. George Michael, Freedom Uncut documentary film is coming out in June, and the trailer for it has just been released. A uh, a archival footage filled, uh, an interview filled piece that is going to be all about uh, Michael's life, and of course, uh, from the perspective of the musicians that were in his life, the loved ones that were a part of his life. Unfortunately, he did pass away uh, on Christmas Day in 2016. He was age 53 at the time with a legacy that followed him. This is going to be kind of a limited event, and I don't know if it'll be coming close to home here, but June 22nd specifically is the date. Uh, across the world, there's going to be cinemas that are going to be screening this film for one single date, uh, and possibly an extension in other locations as well. But uh, there's a full list of all the participating cinemas uh, you know, online. If you're curious about grabbing yourself a ticket for that, it won't be long until it's on some sort of streaming platform after the fact. The Pixies are putting out some new music. They have just released that there's going to be a new album coming up this year and even put out a title doggerel uh maybe i'm pronouncing that just slightly uh, incorrectly but still they say it's great to be back at it specifically a uh, drummer david uh, loving lovering and uh, they're saying that the single that's going to be launching things is called human crime look for it very soon but the album itself released in september beyond that no specific details And unfortunate news, sad news for uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire fans. The saxophonist who was uh, pivotal in the work of the band throughout their... Uh, you know, entire career uh, was uh, passed away at age 71. Andrew Woolfolk. The memories, great memories, great talent, remembered after he passed away at the age of 71. His bandmate, uh, Philip Bailey, is the person who broke the news earlier this week, saying that he passed away after a long battle with illness, six years long. Talking about where you've gotten stuck before. Want you to let me know the story. Of course, you can just jump on our social media, join the uh, conversation on the post about this poor woman who dropped a cell phone into a toilet tank in Washington as she was traveling on her way down south, uh, and yeah, had to get rescued. In fact, had to use the phone that fell in to call 911. You can kind of piece the rest of the story together. Thankfully, she wasn't injured. Uh, want to hear your stories? Absolutely. You can also call it or text it 780-715-CRUISE. That's 2789. Just to share a little bit from... It wasn't actually me that got stuck, but dear friends of mine growing up did, uh, and here in town as well. Not stuck in a 
crappy situation like this poor woman, uh, but still pretty terrible. Uh, it was on the the sort of cliff, the the pseudo cliff that's behind or beside Grayling Terrace, depending on how across the stream from Grayling Terrace, underneath Beacon Hill. And uh, you know, friends were climbing up that, scaling up that. You know, no equipment, high school years, just just rock climbing it. You know, and that is kind of unstable. Got to the point where they did get, in fact, stuck. Couldn't go up. Couldn't go down. Couldn't go left. Couldn't go right. Firefighters had to come and help out. There was a whole commotion. The entire Grayling Terrace community out of their homes watching. It's free entertainment at that point. In the end, everybody was fine. No injuries. Everybody got unstuck. But uh, it could have been a little bit worse. And it was for quite some time. They must have been extremely tired after clinging onto the side of the rocks and the dirt for hours on end. Oh, watching the sun go down. Beautiful, beautiful. Where have you been stuck before? Let me know the story. Transmission over. One more Steve? New podcast episodes happen every Friday or just tune into the Steve Reeve Show. Weekday mornings starting at 5.30 a.m. on 100.5 Cruise FM.